This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord. Good evening to you and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us with the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you as we begin another week of broadcasting. The subject for this week is having a one thing mentality. And I'd like to go back, Junie, with you to see how things were in our life almost 50 years ago. We were enjoying life. We were happily married. We had three wonderful children. We had a house in Connecticut. And I had been doing very, very well financially. For the prior 15 or so years, I was in Wall Street. I was a manager and a vice president of a brokerage firm. And for most of those years, I was a stockbroker. And as a broker, I advised my uh, investors of the need to diversify their investments. For example, they should own bonds as well as stocks. They should own stocks of companies in different industries. They should have long-term investments as well as more speculative holdings on on a smaller basis and so on. In other words, they should not put all their eggs in one basket. And this kind of approach goes not just for investments, but it's basically a philosophy of life. We live for the most part and play it safe. And you know, when it comes to the gospel, we see a dramatic contrast. And especially when it pertains to our relationship with the Lord, when we talk about eternity or things pertaining to the kingdom of God. For example, in Matthew chapter 6, The word of God says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Another verse says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, with all your ways acknowledge him. Another verse from Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 2, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And another verse from Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all thy might. There's a sense of everything within us has to be so focused on the things of God. And when you stop and think about it, the gospel is a scandal to the values, the standards, and philosophy of the world. The New Testament speaks of believers of being in exile, suffering persecution and abandonment and insecurity. Those who are believers live in the kingdom of God, where 
if you save your life, you need to lose them. The first, the last, and the last, the first. Those who would be great are called to be the servants of all. In short, the gospel is radical, and it doesn't call us to play it safe. Actually, it calls us to put all our eggs in one basket. This is a a mentality that's so needed for every believer in the Lord. It was Jesus who personified this, even when he was a young boy. And he told his parents, who came back to Jerusalem because they thought he was lost, and said, I must be about my father's business. Where would we be today, for example, if John the Baptist, if the Old Testament prophets or the apostles played it safe? When Peter and John were warned not to speak in the name of Jesus, I'm referring to Acts chapter 4, verse 20, they replied to the authorities, we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard. Another, in other words, their mindset was on the Lord and nothing was going was gonna to take them away from that mindset. Things, other things, and so often is the case, good things can deter us from a one-thing mentality. So we're going to be looking at scriptures that talk about this one-thing mentality. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with us to the uh, Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. We'd like to read from verse 17 to 22. Mark, chapter 10, beginning in verse 17. I'm reading from the New American Standard. And as he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and began asking him, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth up. And looking at him, Jesus said, felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. Verse 22, But at these words his face fell, and he went away grieved, for he was one who owned much property. Junie, when you look at these verses... This rich young ruler was a model citizen. He obeyed the commandments. He, re- he respected the Lord when he approached him. Call, he called him good master or good teacher. Nevertheless, Jesus discerned that he was lacking one thing, that being zeal, that being a fervency that, we requ- that would require all his other things not to dominate his life. In this case, it was his possessions. It could be anything. It could be a career. It could be intelligent. It could be your position. But he was lacking that one thing. And when other things dominate your life, you're missing that one thing. His other things prevented him from taking up the cross and following the Lord. And he went away grieved. So it's not just... Uh, property or finances. It could be any other things other than wealth. 
It could be your desires. It could be your abilities. As I said, your intelligence, your talents. But one thing is necessary to be a believer as we read about what it is to be a believer in the word of God. Have you considered if you don't have a one thing mentality that it's an absolute necessity to have that kind of mentality if we're going to serve the Lord? Okay, go with us uh, into Luke chapter 10. We're looking at Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 38. All right, again, I'm reading from the New American Standard. Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 38. Now as they were traveling along, he entered a certain village. A woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who moreover was listening to the Lord's word, seated at his feet. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. Verse 42, but only a few things are necessary, really only one. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. I want to say from the beginning that God, of course, is not against serving. In fact, the greatest position any of us could have is to be a servant of the Lord. But it's it was apparent to Jesus that Martha was encumbered and about or distracted with all her serving and complained to Jesus. In other words, if we serve, we similar to some of the verses I read before, we should do it with all our heart out of a desire to serve and not be encumbered by being a servant. I see it a little different in that Martha put her sister down at sitting at the feet mm. of Jesus. And as Brother Andrews teaches us in his book, um, The Presence of the Lord, that serving doesn't interfere with us being in his presence, but many times can draw us into his presence. So I think what the Lord was trying to point out to Martha was that being busy with things that are about his father's business wasn't the problem, but that Martha should enter into the Lord's presence in her service to the Lord. And that's very big because... Um, we're told not to be lazy. We're told not to um, figure out things for ourselves, but to give the Lord all and be the servant of all, which you actually read in your introduction. It's really true. No, it's a good point, Junie. Um, you know, God always 
looks at the at the motive of a person and if our motive is right and Christ-like to be a servant bless the lord we should all be servants as a, as you know we read before the greatest of all a servants of all so again it's the condition of the heart does does our service bring honor to the lord the word says whatever you do do it to the glory of God. Our doing must come from our being. In other words, the doing and the serving is really a reflection of our heart's condition. If we do not have a one-thing mentality, we're going to find that circumstances, external situations will then rule our lives. That's why Peter and John, as uh, we read before, previously had to testify of what they had seen and heard regarding Jesus. Even though they were threatened, the circumstances did not stop them from being witnesses. Again, and how often, uh, what I'm thinking of, Junie, is the fear of man comes in and we don't function with a one-thing mentality. Well, we're going to continue this through the course of the week. And Father, we pray that the issue of a one-thing mentality speaks to Junie and me, as well as every listener, that we could have that kind of mentality as servants of the Most High God. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.